Aaron Rodgers has not played in the preseason since 2018. But the quarterback's move to a new team could lead to a different approach. Jets head coach Robert Sala recently said that Rodgers will not play in the team's first three preseason games, but will play in the team's final preseason game against the Giants if he felt the team's starters need more work. Rodgers told reporters that he wouldn't mind playing against the Giants. Rodgers said last year that he doesn't see any benefit to playing one series in the preseason, so any appearance would likely last a little longer than that. The Jets will also have joint practices ahead of their preseason games against the Panthers and the Buccaneers, so Rodgers will have a chance to work against opposing defenses this summer, even if the team ops against putting him in one of their exhibition contests. Mm. This is Downtown Sports. I am the mouth of the South, John Schiavone. That is my co-host, the Beast of the East, Jonathan Ariente. And this ad-free edition is brought to you by Digital Market Battles, the only marketing agency that will fill your company's pipeline with high-valued leads. They will meet your conversion goals no matter what. www.digitalmarketbattles.com. Get your discovery call done today. So, yep. Um, since I never really paid attention to the headlines and the BS that took place at uh, Green Bay Packers preseason, because I really didn't care. I yeah. looked more at the regular season. So did you. Mm-hmm. And now Aaron Rodgers comes to New York, hard knocks, debuts a half an hour after right this very minute we are recording this. At 9.25 p.m. on the 8th of August. So we have not seen the first episode of Hard Knocks yet. Well, I could tell you this. And uh, hello, by the way, my friends and neighbors. Now, Aaron Rodgers, I can tell you some things about. Now, it's obvious whatever was going on in Green Bay, he it must have gotten to the point where he got fed up with management. And, you know, he had his he had his issues with management in Green Bay. Let's be very fair. He called out the GM. You know, there were players, you know, sometimes he didn't like playing with, you know, maybe players questioned him. I can't freaking wait until he sees the uh, dysfunction of the Jets. He thought the management of Green Bay was bad. Oh, well, he's not been on a Johnson owned football team. If he hated the management. If he hated the management so bad, he wouldn't he have said something about it like maybe within a week or two when he became a Jet after the whole. We don't know that yet, but we haven't had. We, he hasn't been the he hasn't even taken a snap for the Jets yet. Yeah, but what I can tell you, at least from what we've seen, at least in the short time now that he's been here, let's by before we begin, let's go back a little bit time here. Let's not forget how long this journey took for Rodgers just to be a Jet. At one point, it looked like the Jets were all set and getting them. Then there were issues with Green Bay things. So here's the deal. Here's the deal. Exactly. There's a whole big story. So Beast. Yep. We're bringing back that music. You're going to tell everybody the Aaron Rodgers saga, starting from the end of the offseason to, I'd say, the beginning of training camp. We're going to go through this once and once only. Take out your notebooks, your pens, your pads. We have talked about this at nauseam in the past, but 
we want to make sure that you understand exactly what happened. We had a lot of shows that explained it as it was happening moment by moment. But here is the roundup. Beast, take it away once and once only. Let's go back in time. Let's begin right after the NFL season ended earlier this year in 2023. Let's go all the way back to, how about we go back to about January 8th. All right. Now, why do I bring up January 8th of 2023? That was the final pass Aaron Rodgers would throw as a Green Bay Packer when he was still there. It was against the Lions. He threw an interception. Green Bay did not make the playoffs after that. That that knocked Green Bay out of the playoffs. Okay. When he was asked about playing next year, he said in an emotional post-game news conference, at some point the carousel comes to a stop and it's time to get off. And I think you kind of know when that is. All right. Now let's fast forward a few. Let's fast forward about a week later, January 3rd. Aaron Rodgers loves throwing subliminals. He thinks he's so cool. Yep. Let's fast forward five days later. When asked if he could look Rodgers in the eye and tell him, this is a Gutekunst, the uh, general manager there, the high up, the upper management of Green Bay. So when asked if he could look Rodgers in the eye and tell him the Packers wanted to move on without him, he went on to say, if we were, sure, absolutely. I think he deserves that. If we get to that point, we're not at that point. Then January 17th, Rodgers says he planned to finish his career with Green Bay, opens the door to playing for another team, talking with Pat McAfee about it. If they want to go younger and Jordan's ready to go, then that might be then that might be the way they want to go. And if that's the case and I still want to play, then there's only one option, right? And that's to play somewhere else. Okay, that was January 17th. All right, now a week later after that, Packers are considering trading Rodgers amidst reports. He tells McAfee he's willing to rework his contract if he plays in 2023, whether that's in Green Bay or somewhere else. All right. January 29th. Adam Sheft reports a Rodgers trade this offseason remains an option that league sources believe the Green Bay Packers want to move on from Rodgers. All right. February 22nd, Rodgers comes back from his re- darkness retreat. Four oh, days. yeah, the darkness retreats. Yes. January 20, this is February 22nd. Rodgers came back from his four-day darkness retreat in Southern Oregon that he said he did in order to have a better sense of where I am in my life. Okay, fine. February 28th comes along. Uta Kunst hasn't had any recent contact with Rodgers and sounds noncommittal about his future. During a lengthy session with reporters at the Combine in Indianapolis, Uta said, until we have those conversations, I think all options are on the table right now. Now we fast forward right around our birthday, March 7th of this year. Rodgers and the Jets engage in conversations about whether they would have a future together. So that was the first known instance of the Packers allowing Rodgers to speak to a team, any other team anyway. So that's where this all began with the Jets was March 7th. Mark that down on your calendar. Now a week Are we late. getting this? Are we getting this? Because yeah. remember, once and once only, only, we're yeah. never going through this saga again. Keep yeah. going, Beast. Now March 15th comes along. Rodgers' ear in Green Bay unofficially ends after he went on the Pat McAfee show did Rodgers and said, I made it clear my intention was to play and to play for the Jets, and I haven't been holding anything up. Rogers How much money has Pat yeah. McAfee paid him to be in a, to be the place well, where he releases his exclusive information? Well, remember, of course, this is when Green Bay was still having a, a holdup in the deal with trade demands. There was a whole bunch of things. Green Bay didn't want to give up these pieces. Jets didn't want it. So both teams were not budging at that point on what they wanted to give up. There were... There was a lot. They were basically at a, a little bit of a dead end. Okay. 
Now we finally fast forward about a full month after April 24, 2023. It is then officially made. The trade terms are agreed upon with the Packers and Jets swapping first round picks. Green Bay got the number 13 overall pick. The Jets got the 15th pick. Packers would send a fifth round pick, number 170th pick in the draft to the Jets. For New York's second round pick, their sixth round pick, and a conditional 2024 second round pick that will become a first rounder should Rodgers play 65% of the snaps this season. And then the news broke after that, after Boone Coos had a previously scheduled pre-draft news conference, which paperwork still had to be completed before he can comment on specifics, though he's happy to get the deal done before the draft saying it wouldn't have been the end of the world, but at the same time, I think it would have certainly changed things quite a bit. All right. So there you have it. April 24th was when this trade finally happened. So then you had to wonder, how was Rodgers going to adjust in May, in June, in July, and up to right now where we are in August, just about a month before the season officially begins? And I can tell you this, the fact that Rodgers has been very involved in camp with these kids, and he's actually, you've heard, and I think this is for, for one particular player, this is probably the best thing to ever happen to him, and that's Zach Wilson. Because he needed a veteran. He needed someone to really show him the right way, the ropes, show him the right way to become an NFL quarterback. That I think, unfortunately, even though you had Joe Flacco, it was not the same. There was just something that was not resonating with Zach Wilson, with Flacco there. And, of course, the the big problem was having a rookie offensive coordinator in Mike LaFleur who just could not cater to Wilson's strength. He took Wilson's strengths away. That's yeah, Robert Sala knows how to build the best coaching staffs, right? They're the best. Hey, Robert Sala was also new to being a head coach. Okay. He had a lot of things he had to learn. Idiots. It's not easy to become a head coach right off the bat. You know how hard Idiots. What? Uh, idiots. No, no, no. All co- anytime, anytime someone that's never been a coach before becomes a head coach, you go through growing pains. You have to learn the job. You have to learn it on the fly. You have to learn the right people you want to I'm bring in. I'm not talking right about Sala per se. Yeah, I'm well, talking about Joe Douglas and Chris Johnson. Well, Joe Douglas, I would at least have more faith in as far as... Oh, God. you! Why do you still have faith in the guy that was hired by Adam Gaze? Look at who the Jets got now over the last couple of years. Zach you Wilson. Got, you got Brees Hall. You Zach got Wilson. Cross. You got Zach Wilson. Wilson. You Zach beefed Wilson. up... Okay, you beefed up the O-line as well, okay? Zach Wilson. Okay, we won't know about Zach Wilson until let's see what Rodgers gives to him. Let's see if, you know, with having Rodgers at the helm might be the best thing to turn Zach Wilson around. Well, 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 um, I found a website. Um, It's called Hermitage, thehermitageretreats.com. Enter the incredible world of dark retreats. Mm-hmm. The Dark Retreat is an unparalleled experience in intense seclusion in which the practitioner is deprived of all light and sensory distractions and thus plunges into a deep witnessing awareness of the mind and eventually experiences the perception of the inner light of pure consciousness. Retreating in complete darkness is a practice common to many of the ancient and contemporary spiritual traditions across the world, from the monks and lamas in Tibet to the Kogi Mamos in Colombia to the ancient Egyptians and the mystics of the 15th century France, 
dark retreats have provided revelation and illumination to countless practitioners who have sought the inner light. Okay, and is it really a problem per se that he went out? Oh, by the way, by the way, by the way, we have testimonials. Ready? Mm -hmm. The gratitude I felt in the dark spilled over in the morning. I came back to the light. Never before have I seen such a magical sunrise movement and colors in every direction. I will carry the magic and gratitude with me for the rest of my life. And this week spent here at the Hermitage will forever be a treasure. I, I'm By the way, this is no BS. I am literally reading this off of this company's website. Hold on. Let's see. Gallery. Oh, I want to see this. Let us share the silence. So they're in the dark. Uh, okay, actually, the place is very beautiful before you go inside of the darkness. Well, yeah, obviously, there's no pictures of the... Oh, okay, okay. I saw a picture. So basically, it looks like a... Oh, so, you know, I, I think I just found a way for prisons to make money instead of, like, you know, jailing too many people. They can hold darkness retreats in the solitary confinement cells because that's sort of what this looks like. It looks like a solitary confinement cell with candles, except it has a wooden door. Okay. Instead of a steel great thing. All right, let me stop you there for a minute. Okay, okay. Look, the darkness retreat for Rogers, maybe this might have been the best thing that happened to him. Maybe it allowed him to get a different perspective on going into another team to trying to develop a relation with the players. And it seems like it worked. It seems like Rogers, and from what I'm, I'll read this right here. This is from Bleacher, this is from Bleacher Report. And uh, several Jet players have, spoken very positively since Rogers has been at camp and really helping these, these players really understand what he will expect. And look, has Rogers not, you know, called out uh, a player or two if they didn't, if they didn't uh, execute a play, correct? Yeah, he did. He went, he, he told it right to Garrett Wilson when he didn't do a play, right? Now he didn't scream and, 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 and yell at Garrett Wilson and say, Oh, you're a terrible receiver. No, he didn't do anything like that at all. And I think that's from years of learning kind of how to be a leader when he was with Green Bay. He had a reputation in Green Bay where a lot of players, you know, would probably complain about him. You know, Rogers was very vocal about things if you, you know, if you didn't, and he would not be afraid to say what was on his mind. But I'll give Rogers this. He's been there with the guys. Zach Wilson has really, I think, learned a great deal of, I think, more patience and calmness from him that I think maybe he didn't have under LaFleur. And could that help him in the long run? I think it will. If Rogers decides to stay a couple years, that's, I think, the greatest thing for Zach. He'll be able to finally do what a lot of quarterbacks in this game don't do today that are going to eventually be groomed to be the leader. And what is that, John? You sit behind a veteran for two to three years, you learn the system, then when your time comes, you've got what you need, and now you can lead your football team. That's what helped Patrick Mahomes. That's what helped Rodgers when Brett Favre was there. That's mm -hmm. what helped Brady when Drew Bledsoe was there. Well, Brady was only... Backing up Bledsoe for like six weeks. That doesn't count. At the, yeah, but still a veteran. It, it was he had a veteran. At least he had a veteran there that at least, hey, I can learn from this guy. And when my time has come where I'm needed and I can take over the team, regardless if it was even a week, uh, six weeks or 
And you got to give Belichick all the credit in the world for seeing yeah. that Brady was obviously much, much better than Bledsoe. Um, but I want you to look at that image I just sent you. And I want you to see what kind of room Aaron Rodgers had to sit in in the dark for four days in order to decide that he was going to become a New York Jet. All right, well, think about the darkness of that franchise in its history. Look at that picture. This is, is the same type of darkness that Aaron Rodgers will suffer as a member of Robert Sala's New York Jets. Well, unless it's in a unless it's an invisible page, I can't see it. Okay, so it's uh it is living in pure darkness if that's the case. If it's nothing but a well, look, it looks like a prison cell with a wooden door and, like, you know, spa candles. Well, you know, we, we do have something. Like, there's life. a bed. There's, like, a Murphy bed that's chained to the damn wall. I don't even see where they could find I mean, we do have something. In, we do have, like, fun activities for us kids to do called escape rooms. You know, you, you, you've you done escape room, right? You, you have to solve riddles to escape a room, you know? Okay. So, this is nothing more like an escape room. It is. All right. Listen. A way to get away from people for a few days. Look, we we take a vacation to get away from people. For well, he's not the first. He's yeah. not the first athlete to do uh, weird things that has been in New York. Amari Sotomayor, for example, if you remember, would take baths in red wine. Okay, if look, if that works for him, great. Look, a lot of NFL players. I don't know what every, that could ever possibly do. You know that Josh Allen throws up before games. You know that Josh Allen throws up. Before a game begins, you know that that's a regular thing with him. What? Yeah, I was reading some of those weird, quirky little things. You know, uh, one such player eats hot sauce before a game. All right, I mean, that's more normal. But I'm gonna puke before every game. Maybe it helps him settle down. Perhaps it settles him down. Josh Allen explains why he throws up before every game. This is from WYRK in Buffalo, New York. Shout outs to all of our people in Buffalo. Shout out Girl Friday. All right, so Josh Allen throws up for every game, but why? It's not just nerves. He explained to Von. He explained to Von Miller why he decided to make that decision. It's mostly due to superstition. He's a creature of habit, and it's something that he feel he feels works for him and makes him feel better during the games. He first noticed it back when he was playing in Wyoming, and he would get a gagging sensation while he was playing. In order to avoid that feeling, he just empties the tank before hitting the field. All right. And yeah, he's constantly monitored by professionals to make sure he's healthy each and every week. So wouldn't you just like not eat from like 4 p.m. the night before a game instead of having to throw up? Like, is there something else that could have been done here to prevent and this? He forced, this is a forced thing. This is a forced throw. This is so a, he's literally sticking his fingers down his throat to puke before every game. You are serious. I couldn't say that that's if. That's exactly what he does. But I mean, like, he says it's not a like how how else is he forcing himself to throw up? Is he drinking maybe, epitaph? Maybe, like, what is he sometimes, doing? Uh, sometimes you have sometimes you you have thoughts in your mind about throwing up too. That can lead to it also. You know, you ever saw Stand by Me? You ever you you, you remember Stand by Me? You ever saw that old uh, that old movie? Don't Walking remember. It. I probably have. But... River Phoenix. All right. So there was an old. It was a funny scene. Um, Kid was talking about uh Gordy was talking about uh Gordon Lachance was talking about a uh, was doing a story about a kid named Lardass who would uh who literally entered a a pie eating contest. It was a very chubby dude. 
All right, he was, and he was blowing the competition away. He was eating all the pies in a matter of minutes. Okay, then came a moment where he uh, began to imagine that he wasn't eating pies. He pretended he was eating, you know, rat guts and blueberry sauce and whatever. All right, then finally, and he also had, uh, he took eggs and had castor oil before, also before that contest began. So that also kind of helped exaggerate the throwing up a little more. And then he threw up and then everybody else all around him started doing it. Just yeah, that seems to be what's happening here. Okay. Oh, God. Well, so I wonder what Aaron Rodgers works for him. Works well, for Josh Allen. I wonder what the heck the pregame ritual for the guy who takes darkness retreats is. You know, the guy who that. shows you the broken toe that looked the, the toe askew. Uh, the Im, the guy who's Im, who was immunized. Hmm. Immunized. That's that's an interesting thing. I want to know what the heck this guy is going to do. I can't wait to see uh, yeah. reports on the sidelines. Watch it on Hard Knocks. You'll see it when Hard Knocks. Oh, my God. That's right. Yeah. In 15 so, minutes from now, at this moment when we're recording, we might end up finding out what Aaron Rodgers pre-practice, pre-game rituals. So when you look at this Jet team now, all right, Rodgers at the helm, and one of the things that he has done so well in camp He's making not only just the offense better, according to C.J. Mosley, he's made the defense think on their toes as well. One of the best things Rodgers is so good at, and you've seen it throughout his entire career, John, we've both seen it. He has this incredible ineptitude to draw the defense off sides. He has a tremendous quality to mix the plays up. Yeah, isn't it funny how, think about it this way, Tom Brady is the quarterback, and every one of Bill Belichick's defenses, no matter who's on it, is is a good defense up until you know Brady left. Um, look at Pat. Look at the Packers. Okay, whether their defense was highly rated or not, guess what? Aaron Rodgers had those people running around in practice. Exactly. Who are you going to play against that's better than Aaron Rodgers? The right. Chiefs' defense is another example. Look mm-hmm. at their defensive line and how right. easy it is for them to sack guys Basically, like Lamar Jackson. He's preparing the Jet defense for absolutely anything. That's the key ingredient. He's preparing them for mayhem. Okay, mayhem in the quarterbacks. You're going to remember the Jets are going to be facing some very tough teams this year. They are not going to get an easy schedule this year. All right. I've already looked at their schedule for at least the first five weeks. And I'm telling you right now, it's a gauntlet. Week one, you're playing Buffalo. That's the first challenge right there. You got to face Josh Allen week one. So it's puke versus darkness week one. Great. (laughs) Week. Okay. Now, in addition to that, the pieces Rodgers has around him with the pieces the Jets drafted, I think is a very good mix. You're bringing in two of his vets. Two of Rodgers' veteran receivers are joining that Jet team with their and You're bringing in Nathaniel Hackett, who okay. I don't know. It's just ever since he's become the Jets' offensive coordinator, it's as if everybody forgot last season. You know who didn't forget? Sean Payton. Okay, yeah, Sean Payton decides to... Uh, run his mouth the way he does. And look, not everybody is is made to be a head coach. That was an offensive. Look, he's from the Coughlin tree. So, you know, Sean Payton does not have any problem with speaking his mind. Okay. That's Sean Payton. Good for him. You know, okay. And then Aaron Rod, but here's the thing. He attacked Aaron Rodgers' favorite coach 
And unlike a guy like Peyton Manning, who wouldn't come to Adam Gaze's defense other than in a job interview, Mm -hmm. Aaron Rodgers took to Twitter and said, you better keep my coach's name out your mouth. Are the Jets playing the New Orleans Saints this year at all? Uh, You mean the Broncos? And the answer is yes, they will play Denver. That's where Sean Payton now is coaching, and that will happen. The Jets will see Denver in week five in Denver. All right, so (laughs) mark that down on your calendar on October the 8th. The Jets will play Denver in Colorado week five. Mark that down. But the Jets' opening schedule is going to be challenging. All right, their first five games, I've already mentioned one of them being Denver. Their first game is, is Buffalo. Then you got Dallas. New England and Kansas City mixed in there. That's their first five games. Aaron Rodgers. So they, they could legit end up. Okay, the first five games. Uh, okay, you're at home. You know, to be Buffalo. honest with you, I yeah. need to see Josh Allen and the Bills come out and have a good game. Uh, ever after last season, everybody started to wonder well, about yeah, Josh Diggs, Allen after uh, Stephon Diggs. There was a lot of concern, and you know. There was there were concerns if Diggs was going to stay, and, and he obviously last year. Stayed. Listen, last year, no Brian Dable. All of a sudden, the picks come back. All of a sudden, the right. indecision with the football right. comes back. All of a sudden, the fumbling came back. Are we going to see a little bit of that, Josh Allen, again, or has Josh Allen learned from that? I well, question. at this point, I would say, and then Aaron Rodgers also comes into this game with something to prove. You said it earlier, the Green Bay, his last snap for the Green Bay Packers was an interception that cost the Packers the football game and the postseason. Mm -hmm. So Rodgers, look, I think Rodgers has not only want to prove people wrong after that, he wants to, he's going to bounce. I think he will bounce back with a vengeance. If there's one thing, you know, Brady did this every time when people would, would question if he still has it anymore. I'm sure Rodgers is going to think that same way. People think he's done. Rodgers wants to prove people quite wrong. Yeah, and every veteran quarterback. He has good, he has solid pieces at his disposal that maybe with Green Bay he just didn't have. He had, yeah, you had Lazard, yeah, you had Randall Cobb, whatever. But you had a lot of newbies, a lot of young kids. and and Brees Hall, if Brees Hall can. Now you have Brees Hall. Now you got Garrett Wilson. You got yeah. Cole Hardman. You got yeah. Lazard. You got Cobb. You got Conklin. You got. You have all of the ingredients to be the best offense yes. the New York Jets have ever possessed. Yeah. This might be the best offense that New York as Thank a you. city has ever seen. They needed a quarterback that can guide them. And now Rodgers is here to be that guidance, to be that. And that Zach Wilson armor. better have his eyes. Peel oh, wide open. I can tell you this much, and I know we're only basing it off of one play, but during the preseason game, the Jets last played an exhibition game in Canton, Ohio, the Hall, the Hall of Fame game after uh, Reeves and Clark got inducted. Okay, Zach Wilson. Which Rodgers didn't play him, by the way. No, but Zach Wilson ripped off a 50-plus yard throw, and he credited Rodgers with calling that play. Okay, that's something Rodgers had Zach Wilson make that throw. Okay. That's something mm. that's already something big. If, if, if he's following Rogers's lead with that, and we've seen Wilson, we know that arm that he has is extremely tremendous. We, that's why the jets drafted Wilson because particularly for that arm strength that he has, again, he was just not in a system at the time that can allow him to play to that strength. 
Well, how, his strength. No, no, no. They did allow him to play for his arm strength, but they didn't allow him to do was run. Run with the ball. Yeah. Run out of how, the pocket. They didn't trust Zach Wilson to run out of the pocket. The O-line was half injured, so they didn't trust the O-line to block. There were a lot of problems. But somehow that ends up being Zach Wilson's fault. Yeah. Well, again, are there things, as all quarterbacks are, there's always things to learn. That's fair. But I'll tell you this. Zach Wilson only had, what, three of five completions. He didn't play, obviously, the full series. But to complete three of five throws, at least, and not have a barrage of throws that were sailing over receivers' heads that were, he couldn't even, or when he couldn't throw a bubble screen or throw a little, a cross uh, a cross field pass those were concerns people were very nervous about when wilson couldn't even complete those throws but hey if if rogers is already having an influence and again wilson has been very adamant saying you know he's loved rogers here at the beginning you know maybe he would be a little oh, you know i'm gonna outwork him i'm gonna you know i'm gonna make life hell for him i think that was something zach wilson said if i recall correctly all right, well, him and Zach Wilson. Well, he didn't say that about Aaron Rodgers specifically. He said about any veteran that would come in and take his job. <clears throat> mm-hmm. I think Aaron Rodgers and Zach Wilson, luckily for the Jets, are two weird peas in a pod. I bet you money Zach Wilson's going to start going on darkness retreats. He's going to start because him and Aaron Rodgers are both rooting. Aaron isn't quiet. Wilson's kind of quiet, but brooding figures that don't really like very many people. They have like their close circle of friends and everybody else is just an acquaintance like type of people. They like to play the same style of quarterback play. Yeah, it's and I said it when they got Aaron Rodgers. I said, this is not just a move for now. It's also a move for the future because you could train Zach Wilson. That is the perfect quarterback for Wilson to look at, coaches not a Joe players. Flacco who's a pocket passer. And the coaches have even players and coaches have said this. They've seen a more confident Wilson. So already, and Wilson even said, I'm very grateful for him. He helps me more than he needs to. Okay? Helps him a lot more. So whatever Rodgers is doing is what Flacco was not doing. And it's night and day, the difference you're seeing with Rodgers compared to having Flacco here. That is huge. So the fact that now Wilson's kind of getting more comfortable now and regaining his confidence, which was something that really, uh, it's obvious, it really it really affected him. And as it would affect any rookie. I mean, imagine you get, you get thrown into a situation like that where you have an, a rookie offensive coordinator that he doesn't know what he's got in this rookie quarterback because I've never coached freaking... him before. I've seen very much a freaking condemnation of the damn head coach. I'm sorry. You got to blame LaFleur and Sala for this. You really do. You really have to blame them for Aaron Rodgers. Well, Sala got rid of LaFleur. Sala, eventually they got rid of him. Okay. Yeah, eventually. Not and he left. And yeah. also, they got rid of the bad influence on Zach Wilson because what is Joe Flacco? A pocket passer. What was Wilson trying to be? A scrambler. Running and no, 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 no. He wasn't trying. He was trying to be a pocket passer because that's what they were trying to make him into. And Joe Flacco was a big influence, which to me proves that Zach Wilson is not a locker room leader. By the way, not every quarterback who is even a great quarterback needs to be this. I think Zach Wilson watches and emulates the veterans that are around him. Okay. 
I think he's very impressionable yet still. That's what that throw shows. That's what his commentary about Aaron Rodgers shows. Did he? Quick question. Did Zach Wilson ever show any of this type of deference towards either Joe Flacco, Mike White, or any other veteran that has been put on this team since? Maybe he didn't show. Maybe he didn't want to show it. Maybe he was hiding it. Who knows? But he did say from Thursday night, he said he felt comfortable Thursday night. Even though, yeah, only three of five throws from 65 yards. That's the first time I've ever heard him use that word. That he felt comfortable. So that's something from two year, first two years he would never have said two years ago, right? So Sala said this, for him just rebuilding that confidence and that swag that we fell in love with in the draft process, I think he's getting it. I said it before, he's a rookie all over again. All the footwork is different. The verbiage is different. The way Aaron plays quarterback and the way Hackett teaches quarterback is a little bit different. There's a lot of learning. He says he feels he's been attacking the heck out of it and doing a really nice job. You know why? I'll tell you why. Why? Because Zach Wilson finally understands that things aren't handed to you in this league. There you go. Things are earned. Maybe and that's if you have Rogers correct management in place, maybe things Rogers, are earned. Maybe Rogers finally kind of drilled that into his head. Maybe that's something Rogers said to him as well. One can only hope, John. Well, I'm hoping for the better. And look, Zach Wilson's now 24. He's been in the league now for two years. And now he's going to sit behind a veteran and he'll be 20, at least 26, 27 when it's when finally when the rings do get handed to him. He will finally have that maturity and what he's learned from Rodgers to really get himself out there and be the quarterback that many Jet fans, that many Jets projected him to be when he was taken number two. Now, right now with the Jets, what they have to look at in front of them is what they're going to be facing this year. It's not going to be an easy schedule. And yes, hard knocks will expose a lot of things of how the Jets are going to approach this upcoming season. And, you know, the Jets didn't want to be on hard knocks. This was something they really didn't want, but they, through no choice of their own, they had to do. Of course, because Aaron Rodgers went to the Jets. Aaron Rodgers went to, I think, one of the, two most historically bad franchises in the history of the NFL. Okay. I'm not kidding. The Jets quarterbacks went to bad teams in the latter end of their career. But Uh, the Jets are a different story and you know it along with Aaron Rodgers being a different story and you know it. Joe Montana went to a garbage team after he left. Was Joe Montana a darkness retreat? having immunized person who shows his feet at press conferences. That's just Aaron being Aaron. That's, so that's why, it. if you're HBO, would you not want that on hard freaking knocks? One of the, and the other teams that had the opportunity to be on hard, hard knocks did not have such a compelling character as... Aaron Rodgers. Also, Robert Sala is very much of a character. Do you know who else is a character? Makai Becton. Garrett Wilson, who was running at the mouth about Zach Wilson. You have a lot of very big personalities on this team. Guess what? They're all going to be featured in one minute's time from right now as we record this. So, With that information, 
being known, I think it's time for us to end this episode of Downtown Sports because I don't know about you, but it's time to go watch Hard Knock Beast. Where can they hear us? You can listen to Downtown Sports on 23 different platforms. We're going to soon be adding so much more to this equation very, very soon. But for right now, you can listen to us on Spotify. On Spotify for podcasters. On Breaker, on Google Podcasts, Overcast, Pocket Casts, Radio Public, Apple Podcasts, CastBox, Bullhorn, Podbay, Listen Notes, Podcast Addict, Verbal, Castro.fm, Stitcher, Amazon Music, Audible, Podvine, Podacy, Odyssey, iHeartRadio, Podchaser, and TuneIn. Episodes, rants, digital, market battle specials every week. We are Downtown Sports, and we are where sports come home. And next week, we're going to do another preseason episode with a quarterback and an offense that has not been covered nearly as much as the New York Jets. Next week, it's the Giants. Also this week, Matt O'Boyle should be, whether it's this week or next week, we're going to figure that one out, should be coming on board to preview MLS for us this season as well as some European soccer and women's to talk about the U.S.'s women's what team. happened? United States women's team. What, what happened? happened? By the way, I'm not addressing Megan Rapinoe. We're not going to address all that. And anybody who's showing her hate on Twitter because of her previous comments and they're praising Draymond Green about saying, oh, all the athletes shouldn't. I'm just going to end it with this right now. Mm-hmm. You know my opinion. There's a rant in downtown sports called Something having to do with Draymond Green is an idiot or Draymond Green is stupid. You could look up that episode and my opinions have not changed. And anybody who is commenting that, oh, you see, this is why you can't say that women are not, shouldn't be paid as much as men because they're worse. And look at rapping, oh, supposedly the best, but she shanks a kick, all this other stuff and all the crap talk. Nobody cares. I've I've never seen a country root against their own team so hard as the United States fan base rooted against or like a U.S. women's soccer team. Or like a guy by the name of for the Beast of the East, Jonathan Pariente. For Chris, for Tony, it's the mouth of the South, John Schiavone. We're out. Thanks for listening. Bye.